0: Airplane. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. I'm Tom today is going to be just a short episode to kind of do or, uh, to kind of talk about what we've been up to in the last week with our uh, our extra downtime and what we've got accomplished and kind of what our next steps uh, plan on being so Tommy yeah. you want to start us off
2: yeah we'll cover a little bit of what uh, what's going on in the shop down here I've got some more progress on the on the ho229 project um, boy what a complicated build this thing is uh, trying to hinge these uh, these freeze style. Um, elevon's has uh, been a challenge, um, but I'm making you know making slow progress. I can't wait till it's done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How long do you think you have left?
2: At the rate I'm going, I'll need about six months off, thanks to the
1: coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a that's yeah, a I lot s- of time to, to it's put a, into it's one plane. It's a complicated.
2: Plane. Yeah, it's a complicated build. Um, yeah, I still have you know I still have quite a bit of work to do on this panel, and then I I still have the. Uh, what will end up being the right hand panel uh, to to finish up as well. so it's gonna be it's gonna be some time.
1: You said you're only doing the wings too, right the other other gentleman's taking care of the uh, the fuselage.
2: Right that was the uh, that was the agreement. Um, I've not seen the center section or the fuselage um, up close yet uh, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting when I go to mate the wings to the <laughs> to the center section.
1: Yeah, have uh, have you any, or have you talked to him to find out how far along he is with stuff?
2: Uh, no, he's. I think uh, the last conversation I had with him, he was uh, pretty much as far as he could go on the fuselage uh, until he had the wings, and that's when he sort of gave up the build and you know started uh, poking club members to see if they would finish it for him. Um, oh, so I, I
1: think like finish the wing or finish. Oh, I'm sorry. So you mean he finished the fuselage before he gave you the wings? Yes. Oh, right. I understand now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got it.
2: Yep. So um, I had to, you know, I had to pretty much construct the wings from, you know, from the beginning, uh, without having the center section with me. Um, like I said, it'll it'll be, you know, the real the real test will be when I go to to marry up the wing panels to the yeah. center
1: section. Oh, that's going to be scary. It's kind of hard when you don't have all the pieces with you to make sure everything, you know, lines up right when you're doing it.
2: Right. And <clears throat> I, I think the what the plan is once I, once I get the right panel, uh, to, you know, to a point of completion, um, I'll, you know, give him a call and I'll take the wings with me to his house. And cause the center section is actually, uh, the reason I don't have it with me is because number one, uh, it's big and I yeah. have a, a fairly small workshop here to work out of. So yeah. um, having it here, I, I didn't want anything to happen to it while I was building the wings, you know, get knocked on the floor, or, you know, dog run over it or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I just thought yeah. it was safer if it was at his house. That way, if anything happened to it, it was on him. Yeah. Um, but I think when, when I get the other panel to the point where I'm going to put them together, I'll just take them over there to his house, kind of, Put Them on there, have a look at them and see how close they are. And if they're going to need a lot of work, then I'll have to figure out a way to get this intersection here and uh, probably a lot of uh, Bondo and stuff like that before I actually fiberglass the
1: wings. Yeah, it'll be nice to get that done and, and kind of start on some of your own stuff too, you know.
2: Well, yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm actually looking forward to the, seeing this thing completed because it is a really neat looking airplane. I mean, it's going to yeah. have some really, really cool features, you know, it's going to have retractable gear. Uh, I think he's built gear doors for it. I'm, I'm not positive. I'm hoping he has yeah. so that I don't have to do it. <laughs> uh, but uh, it has, uh, you know, it has uh, elevons and then we're doing split flaps. So it has two flap sections per wing and uh, one flap will go up and one flap will go down. So essentially they're speed brakes, not really flaps. Yeah. Um, and then this thing has also got drag riders, which are these little, you um, deals that just kind of pop out of the upper and lower surface of the wing to act as rudders essentially they just cause drag on that particular wing to help control y'all it's pretty neat
1: yeah that'll be that'll be pretty cool to see finished. i can't wait till it's done
2: yeah me too
1: (laughs) (laughs) although that might be a year down the road it's hard to say
2: well hopefully it's not that long like you said i've i've got other stuff that i'd like to work on we've got an airplane that we're going to have to build right
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, uh, I've, uh, I've been looking online. Apparently, there's a lot of places are shut down and not shipping balsa. Um, okay. So that's, we're just gonna have to kind of see how it goes. Actually, I ordered. Uh, I went on Amazon because I needed some some batteries for this uh, for this Telemaster. And oh yeah. 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 So I I bought the you know the six cell, um, the battery packs. The oh what are they called the the receiver packs.
2: Receiver packs. Yep.
1: Yeah. They're not supposed to be delivered until April twenty first.
2: Oh, well, that's unfortunate. And, but I mean, I I've they kind of
1: they're even in stock. It says so. I'm, oh, I'm really. I'm yeah. I'm very surprised by that.
2: Yeah, that that is surprising.
1: Yeah. Although I, mean, I
2: can't I, tell you how many times I've gotten stuff way before Amazon said I was supposed to get it.
1: Yeah, that's my hope because really I'm, I'm going to be getting to a point where I'm finished with what I can do on this Telemaster. Um, yeah. and I, I'm just going to have to be moving on to something else. I ended up getting all the, the aileron and the flaps, uh, installed on both wings. And I ended up getting the, uh, the servos all installed and got the, all that hooked up. So that's pretty okay, much so ready you got to the, go.
2: You got the push rods all done?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those Sweet. are all done. I'm actually glad you left some of yours over here because I had to use <laughs> one of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I thought I had more, and I, I I went to find what I had, and I didn't have what I was expecting. So I don't yeah. know what I ended up doing with them. I actually think I might have used one, uh, might have used one for a different use, and I don't remember what it was. Um,
2: Unclog the toilet drain, maybe?
1: No, nah, it wasn't that. But it was it was <laughs> something out in the shop. I remember I was working on last summer, and I, I needed something long to reach down into something. I was like, oh, I'm just going to use that. Well, I, I probably shouldn't okay. have because now I don't have what I need. But anyway. Yeah. Um, right. yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm glad you left your, your materials over here cause I've scrounged <laughs> through those a little bit. Um, well,
2: luckily I, I did, uh, you know, we had a hobby shop that, uh, closed here recently and, um, luckily I was able to take advantage of their, you know, store closing sale, if you will. And I, I did stock up on a lot of stuff like that, the hardware and push rods and clevises and that sort of junk. You, yeah, you just never idea. seem to have enough of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I probably should have, but I didn't, and I'm yeah. I'm paying that price now. Actually, I'm just stealing your stuff, so I guess that works too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked out. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but I figured you brought that out for that plane, so I'm not exactly. too worried about it. No, that's, so that's, that's okay. why I brought it out there yeah, for us to use. Yeah, but yeah. So like I said, I did get the the aileron and flaps all all taken care of. Um, yep. That's one thing that we did add on this airplane that wasn't original to it was the flaps. So I'll oh, be that's interested right. to see how that works. Yeah. So they were just the the long ailerons on each on each wing, but we ended up cutting those. I'd say probably a third flap and then two thirds aileron. Third, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Give or take. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to to fly that and see how that goes. I'm looking forward to it. One of the next yeah, things I, I have to fun. do though. Yeah, one of the next things I have to do, though, is mount the engine. And I remember, um, so I have the standoffs on there, but I don't have the actual engine mounted. And I remember talking to you about it before, and you said something about some thrust or some angle thrust or whatever you call it, thrust angle or something had to go on it.
2: Right. We're going to add some right thrust.
1: So I guess I I don't necessarily understand what all that means. Could you explain that to me? Mm -hmm. And maybe there's some people listening that don't, uh, don't understand that either.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, So most airplanes have have some amount of thrust um, built into their engine mounting. Um, And and what that means is, you know, if you were to draw a a line right down the center line of the crankshaft uh, and line that up parallel to the center line of the airplane, you would have zero degrees of thrust, meaning that your thrust was is being applied uh, 100 percent in line with the center line of the airplane. Uh, most airplanes' uh, right thrust is fairly common, anywhere from one to one to three, one to four degrees, something like that. Um, and the reason for that is uh, these engines, especially the the you know the nitros and gassers, they produce torque, and that tends to yaw the airplane to the left. So by adding some right thrust to the engine mounting, um, it sort of counteracts that left thrust tendency, so the airplane flies in a straight line.
1: Oh, okay. I get it. Then that makes sense.
2: Yep. Yeah. So we'll put a you know we'll put a couple of degrees of right thrust on that thing. Maybe a degree of down thrust because that airplane's got so much wing, it's going to have a lot of lift, and it also yeah. has lifting tail. Um, right. Has an airfoil stabilizer. So uh, we may add a couple of the you know then that, that's something that's really easy to to tinker with by just adding washers under the under the mounts.
1: Okay. Well, then, one of the other things I was going to be doing on it was was kind of measuring up and and printing like three D printing uh, cowl, but I think I might. I think end that'd up, be cool. Yeah, but I think I might end up wait or waiting to do that until we have the motor mount done. Okay. Um. And yeah, correct I think that's that probably wise. Yeah, because I mean, two degrees on a motor that's or on an engine that's that long is going to make quite a bit of a difference on where it actually ends up. Right, so and, I probably and you don't want to.
2: Create a cowl that, you know, that's not going to line up with the spinner in its final location. No, I get
1: Right. It. Yeah. So I'll probably wait and do that. But no, that'll be good to get that done too. So hopefully, if <laughs> we ever get out of this, you know, lockdown, which this lockdown is kind of weird to me because I still have to go to work. And apparently, like everybody else does too, because I do not notice any difference whatsoever in traffic when I go to work and when I come home. I mean, it almost so it's seems funny like you there's... should
2: say that because uh, Lori and I. Uh, this evening, Lori is my wife, by the way. Um, yeah, I know. We went to. <laughs> well, the re- our listeners may not know. Yeah, I, I uh, got it. <laughs> but uh, we went to uh, and picked up dinner at a at a restaurant tonight and brought it home. And usually, uh, this particular restaurant uh, is it's on the west side of town where there's always traffic. And mm. tonight it was like. It was like a ghost town. It was really, really kind of strange. So I understand what you're saying about it. You know, your your commute to work and home probably kind of looks similar, but any other like extraneous or extra traveling, people just aren't doing it. And it's really, it's really kind of eerie almost.
1: Well, yeah, that's interesting because there's still, you know, a lot of traffic out by where we live. Um, But I guess, I I guess the road we're close to is, is fairly main country road. Um, connecting a couple towns, but maybe that's why there's a lot of traffic going by. But yeah, I haven't noticed any difference now. I haven't been out obviously last weekend or in the evenings. Uh, So I haven't seen any differences in there because I'm not out, but yeah, just going to work and coming home. I mean, there is a ton of people out. Yeah. So that's just odd. It is. It is odd. And, and, but
2: I mean, you know, getting back to what you said, we'll, we'll eventually we'll get through this and we'll be able to to do those things that we
1: want to do. Yeah, no, I, I I get it. It's just uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to see what the next step is because I I don't know if this is going to be enough to uh to get the result we need at this point yet. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's not worth worrying about. It. We'll, we'll see what happens and, and move on <laughs> right. from there. You know. Yeah. Um, you could
2: waste a lot of time worrying about it.
1: Yeah, and so changing topics a little bit. You know, we were talking okay. about that other airplane that we were going to build the uh, yes. Ford tri motor. The tri motor. Yeah, so one of the things I was thinking, and I wanted to get your input on it before I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out, 3D printing the wing spars. Or the, not the spars, the wing ribs. What do you think of that?
2: So, obviously, you'd be printing them out of plastic. Right. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not opposed to that. Um, I think probably... I mean, I'm not sure how much... I, I, so I've never re- actually seen a finished uh, 3D-printed uh, product that is, like, ready for use right off the printer. Meaning, like, I've, I'm assuming that a wing rib is probably going to have kind of a rough finish, probably.
1: Um, so, like, the the outside part where you'd actually put your covering would be smoother than like the finish on the top and bottom. Not that it's going to be bad. Um, but it's you're going to it's going to have a little bit of texture to it. And that can okay, be, so sanded. Here's, that can here's be why sanded. That can be sanded
2: down. Right. Here's why that's important. Like so if you if you you know if you if you're looking down edge-wise at a rib, okay? So flip it 90 degrees so now you're looking at the at the face if you will. Yeah. Um a plastic rib compared to a balsa or you know, some other hardwood rib. I, I'm not sure what sort of structural qualities it has. So because I would be unsure, I would want to laminate that with something, um, carbon fiber veil or, or fiberglass or wh- whatever. Um, and that would require a smooth surface or a somewhat smooth surface to actually bond to. Um,
1: oh, Okay. Well, I tell you because what. Why don't I why don't I try and print one? Okay. And then maybe I can either send it to you or drop it on your porch or something. Yeah, one day th- I would and like then you that. You can kind of look at it. So maybe yeah, I, I can like work that. on maybe I can work on doing that this weekend or next weekend. We'll just kind of see how time goes. But yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you the the final saying that because if so, I mean that's a lot easier. Uh, oh heck yeah! You know, a lot easier to do because I can just do that on the computer and then it can print while I'm at work. Even it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, yeah. That uh, I mean, if something like that would would work. Um man, that would be a real time saver. Number yeah. one. Um but I mean, there's there's something to be said with with working with wood too.
1: Yeah. no I understand. <laughs> I that's cool, but you know I, I kind of like I'm old school. Yeah, and I I like the newer stuff. So I I kind of like having the the ability well, that'd be to kind do a, 3D that'd be kind of a be kind of a cool
2: blend of old and new, you know, 3D printed ribs if those would work out with uh you know, basswood spars and balsa sheeting, and I, I don't know, it might be a cool blend of old and new. Yeah. Maybe it's already so, been done out there. Maybe I'll have to Google search it.
1: Yeah, it's a good idea. I was just thinking about that at work today, and I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna ask him about that and see what he thinks. So I guess I can no, get I'm on f- there too and see, because I'm sure I'm yeah, not I'm the first person that thought about it. I mean, No, probably not. I'm sure it's been done, and we'll probably either find out that, yeah, it's a decent idea or don't do it because of this. So, right. but yeah, we'll, we'll look into it and, and see what happens. Yeah. Um, Other thing I wanted to bring up before we we sign off for the night. Um, Okay. So we did have uh, a listener comment on the uh, AS3X receivers that we talked about in our last episode. Oh, okay. Um, So he reached out and wants to remain anonymous, which is fine. Okay. So we won't name names. Um, But he said that... uh, the AS3X receivers cannot be installed with Velcro. He just wanted to make that clear that everybody knew it. So according to what he was told, and I'm I'm assuming this is correct because it kind of makes a little bit of sense, but maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong. Um, so he said that uh, he was told the, the Velcro does not isolate the receiver enough from vibrations from the airframe, and it can kind of... Uh, mm-hmm uh amplify him a little bit, I guess, to where it doesn't actually match exactly what the airplane is doing. Um, okay. So he said he actually crashed an airplane and then when he went to put the new uh, the new body on the new fuselage on, he put all the electronics in it and used Velcro on on that time uh, when he did it and then he crashed as soon as he took off. He said it just did some weird stuff. Um, hmm. and then when he talked okay. to the, 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 hobby shop that he was dealing with, with it, that's what they told him, um, that you have to put it with uh, servo tape or with some, some double-sided tape instead of the Velcro. Hmm. So what are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, well, I mean, I've, I've not dealt with AS3X, um, very much myself, um, because I've kind of at a point in my flying where I don't feel like I want it or, or need it even. Cause it, AS3X is, is, you know, like we discussed before is a tool, right? Right. Um, sort of like the safe technologies, but you know, not, not getting into that. Um, I, I got to say that I, I've mounted receivers both ways. In fact, I've mounted receivers lots of different ways. Um, and I've never had any problems with standard receivers and Velcro. In fact, the the receiver that is in the stick project in your basement there, that mm-hmm. uh, we've been working on, is mounted with Velcro, and I've never had an issue with it. Uh, yeah, I, fact,
1: I I usually use Velcro on them too, just because if you're if you're going to change out any right. servos or anything, it's easier to just be able to pull that out with Velcro, you know, right. plug things in, so, and plug things as you need to.
2: Yeah, especially if you're yeah if you're you know swapping between airframes and things like that, it's convenient. But with the AS three X, um, I, I would have to. I would have to say that uh, I guess I guess that I have I kind of have two ways of thinking about it. So number one, um, <clears throat> it seems like uh, the Velcro, or at least the Velcro that I use, um, it it does a a pretty good job of cushioning, uh, of isolating um, the component that you're using it, you know, to mount. Uh, it mm-hmm. Does a pretty good job of isolating it from vibration because the Velcro that I use has you know the the firm side and the soft side, I mean, you stick them both together. It's a pretty soft, you know, there is room for movement, which leads me to number two, which, you know, since this thing has built in gyros, any kind of movement in that receiver is probably going to send wonky signals to those gyros that are mounted right. internally. Yeah. So I, I'd say there's probably a lot of merit, um, to the, to the comment that, uh, our listener, um, heard from the hobby shop. um, I would say I would probably agree. You probably want to mount your AS3X receiver somewhat solidly, at least so that it can't move around. I'm a huge fan of Shugu. Like, I don't know if you know what that is or not. Um, but if it, if I know I'm going to put this component in an airplane for a really long time, I'll just go ahead and goo it. And Shugu is wonderful. It, oh, it absor- really? Oh, it absorbs, um, it absorbs impact. It absorbs vibration. Um, and it'll, you know, someday if you need to pull the receiver or, or what have you, I've mounted servos with this stuff. Um, it's, it's time consuming and you have to be patient, you know, cause you have to wait for it to cure and make sure nothing moves, you know, when it's, when, oh, when the glue is still wet. But, uh, once it's, once it's done, man, it's very, very solidly mounted, um, with all, with also those, uh, sound deadening vibration absorbing qualities, but it will also release, it's, it's, it's tougher to get it to release than servo tape, but it will release, and it releases clean, which I like.
1: Oh, that is interesting. I've never used that before. Yeah.
2: Used to use it all the time on cars, RC cars.
1: Hmm. I always just use double-sided tape.
2: Well, I tend to, to crash a lot, so uh, <laughs> double-sided tape car, sometimes right. let me down. Well, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, So actually double-sided that's... tape would let me down sometimes.
1: Yeah, that happened to me quite a bit too, but I mean, we never raced, raced. It was all just kind of, you know, we, we had a track out in our front, uh, our front pasture. And when we used to do RC cars, it had probably a, oh, I'd say probably 120 foot long straightaway. I would think something in that range. And, uh, It
2: was pretty big. I remember.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It had some jumps and stuff on it, but anyway, there were several times that yeah, you'd you'd pull in, you know, after running a couple laps, and you'd have to take your car off the road or off the the dirt and and re uh, double side tape the the receiver <laughs> down because it's or the right. ESC even neither one of those because they're just kind of bouncing around. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can see where that would be an issue, but mm-hmm. you you get a lot more vibrations and stuff with cars than you do with planes. Yeah. So. Yeah,
2: and and I never had you know. A, Knock on wood. I've never had an issue with a receiver that I've that I've mounted that way. Having yeah, said well, that, I will say <laughs> that you know to our, to our listener who might might be listening to this episode that brought the question, I would say that I agree. Uh, you should probably not mount AS3X receivers with Velcro. I think that's probably uh, probably a wise uh, wise person that told him that.
1: The other thing with AS3X2 though is I'm I'm pretty sure that you have to mount the uh, the receiver in the same position every time. Too. Oh
2: yeah, that's extremely important. In fact, right. when you when you get the receiver, um, there's usually fairly explicit directions on how to mount that receiver because it's extremely important to mount that receiver in the correct direction.
1: Yeah, or else it's really going to get messed up when you when you're right. pitching or rolling or whatever you're doing.
2: Like I, I installed a uh, an AS3X receiver for one of our club members in a, I think it was an Edge or something like that, a little foamy. And uh, I think it was a spectrum receiver. And I think it said that there was one of four, maybe five positions that you could mount the receiver in such that it would work correctly. And anything other than that would be, would give you unsatisfactory performance.
1: <laughs> Which also means crash.
2: <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah.
2: Anything unsatisfactory with RC airplanes is usually going to end up in a crash.
1: <laughs> yeah, so be on the watch out for it I guess. So, yeah, make sure you always read yep. the directions with anything you get. I mean, that's that's yes. the number one thing. So, it will always tell you yeah. best practices and and you know how to mount things, right. how to
2: Yeah, a lot of a lot of development goes into these products and that's all reflected on those instructions that you get inside the box.
1: Yep. So, all right, well, good deal. Do you uh, have anything else you want to cover? Cool.
2: No, I, uh, I dug around the the shop here a couple days ago looking for a big four-stroke to put on the stick and couldn't find anything, so looks like I'm going to stick that ugly blue LA-61. I'm back on there.
1: Uh, what about... Uh, don't you have one of those uh, Sato Golden Knights? Do you have that on something?
2: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not big enough.
1: Oh, it's not big enough. Oh. <laughs> I thought... Yeah. I thought, isn't it a, I thought it was like a 80 size or 82 or something. It's,
2: it's a 72. Oh, 72. Yeah. I mean, it would fly the stick, but not, not the way
1: I like to fly it. All right. Well, keep looking. Maybe you'll find something else. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> it's. But yeah. That's uh that's, that's all I got. Yeah. Well, me too. So I guess until next right. time, thanks for listening everybody and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. We'll see you guys. Right, bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.